Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini off for the day. Let's get into it here. Last night on TV 10, we had a, a gritty baseball game between Washington and Hedgesville, and, and Washington got out to the one nothing lead. Hedgesville tied it at the bottom of the first inning, Colin, and then uh, Washington came through early and took the 4-1 to lead. Yeah, they did. It was uh, out of nowhere, too, some mistakes on Hedgesville defensively that allowed Washington to tack on three runs, and it seemed like the momentum was going to be on the Patriots' side and that defense uh, all night long. And you even remember from Coach Grove, he expected it to kind of be a sloppy game like that, and it was on both sides eventually, but Washington was able to jump on it first. But Hedgesville never came up, and that's what you like to see from a team that just finds ways to continue to win. That they do, and uh, they did it in the bottom of the fifth inning with two runs, and then in the bottom of the sixth inning, sixth inning with two runs. Trent Canarium, who is our player of the game, had a two RBI single to uh, give the Eagles the lead, and that kind of was obviously the catalyst there. But uh, not a, like you mentioned, those defensive woes were things that we're not used to seeing from Hedgesville. Yeah, and it ultimately uh, also cost Washington because they had three errors of. Uh its own as well in the game on both sides there were some mislaps and mistakes that ended up uh, being costly but back to that two rbi single that came with a uh, some controversy and that showed a little bit afterwards too with a ejection afterwards for uh washington and something that it seems like happens time to time and not necessarily the ejection teams not necessarily the ejection it's the little drama. things yeah the it's, drama, it's is drama always night in night out there but ultimately it led to a pretty big ejection and that really showed uh to truly hurt washington in my mind too because when you guys were talking about it during the game you didn't know who was going to come out and pitch for the patriots even though the well, damage yeah, was already done they yeah. were able to save them ultimately and do a pretty good job but as i said damage was already done and it just took another player out of the lineup yeah it did and here's nick's call of the trent canarium two rbi single sixth inning the three two hit hard in the left field we're tied at four runner and bailing connor's on his horse rounding third the throw home not in time Runner advancing to second, and it is five to four. Hedgesville coming through with the RBI single, Trent Canaria. And that is what you heard there from our broadcast last night, and it was a great game. I think it was beside you know the drama in there, but we see drama. I feel like in every EPAC game because it just means so much that these teams go back and forth to each other, but. Uh, Hedgesville able to get the victory as Jackson Ruess is tacked on with the victory. Tanner Matthew, five innings, four uh, pitch, four, five innings, five hits, four runs. Two of those earned one walk, three strikeouts. Jackson Ruess came in to, to uh, ultimately kind of finish the game as Matthew didn't have a bad performance. 
Uh, he had, was at 72 pitches, and you know you hear Coach Grove all the time in the pregame interviews. He's not going to push a guy to the limit. And you know they were still able to come out with the win. Jackson West, two innings, two hits, three walks, three strikeouts, including big strikeouts in the top of the seventh inning. Uh, but Hedgesville ultimately gets the win. They're now nine and three on the season, and I believe four and one in the EPAC. And here's head coach Eric Grove after the game as I caught up with him on the field. Gritty win for your team tonight. It was Canerium hitting that uh, the the ball to get you guys in in the lead and uh, gritty win. And uh, it was a weird game. You know, a couple gr- couple ground rule doubles, something you don't you, things you don't usually see in a baseball game, but you're able to pull it out. Yeah, this wasn't the best. And uh, I mean, I like the grit, and we have to win games like this. I, even when it was at the end of the game, and we're talking about like win or lose, like we have to find a way to win a game like that. That's kind of scrappy and ugly. We didn't play very well. Didn't hit well with runners in scoring position. Made a couple of defensive mistakes. and uh, But, I mean, to still come out with a win, granted some other stuff going on at the end of the game, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the way our guys responded to that. And these types of games will take you a long way in the playoffs, and that's what we really need. And, you know, we talk about Canarium. He's a young guy in your team. As he mentioned, a team full of older guys, and him getting the opportunity there is huge. Yeah, we got it's. I mean, primarily our starters have been seniors and sophomores. And so – He's right in the middle of the lineup, and we I got to find a three, four, five, and he'll tell you he didn't hit very well up till that point. But sometimes you just have to get lucky when the time is right, and he did that. And uh, just a testament to you know having two strikes and some adversity in his at bat to uh, find a way to overcome it and put the ball in play. I mean that's what we got to do with runners in scoring position. We can't strike out, you can't pop up some terrible approaches with runners in scoring position. Like that's the biggest thing to take away from our offense. A couple of games left in this week. You have Berkeley Springs tomorrow, Martinsburg on Friday. Uh, obviously, it's Berkeley Springs. You're telling your team, and it means a lot to them. And and uh, you know you can't you can't just let them come in here. Well, they come down here, and this is a game they really want to win. I'm not stupid to that. I mean, they want to win this game, and we get to play them at home. That should help. But it's always like a game like this. You feel like is there going to be a flatness factor? And you got two big ones surrounded by that. We're going Friday night. I like to think we're not made that way. We did it against East Hardy last week, so I'm hoping we can do something similar to that, but I expect a good fight out of them. Coach, thanks for the time. We'll see you Friday. Thank you, sir. All right, that was my interview on the field with head coach Eric Grove as they got the 5-4 victory, and as I said right before the interview, they're 9-3 and on the season, 4-1 and in the EPAC. They host Berkeley Springs tonight at 7 p.m. at the Hedgesville Baseball Complex, and, you know, hearing Coach Grove's postgame comments to his team, you know, he says – he said last night, you know, not a, this is not a quote-unquote. This is essentially what he said, that even though it's Berkeley Springs, they're a different classification. That game still means a lot to them tonight. You're, Colin, you're a Berkeley Springs guy. You kind of know that the Route 9 kind of battle. Yeah, you, you always want to be able to beat a team that's clearly better than you. And, by the way, I know we have some uh, difficulties, it looks like, on TV10. So once we get to the uh, break, we'll try to – fix that for those tuning in there but yeah from a small school you always want to beat the triple a teams the top dog teams in the area still that you're not supposed to beat because it's bragging rights even though it is a long trip down route nine the kids from both of the schools still know each other and whenever you're not supposed to beat somebody and you do you're gonna brag a little bit more about it so Hedgesville obviously wants to make sure that they continue to win and don't underestimate Berkeley Springs. Yeah, and uh, we'll move on now as Washington, they fall to 4-6. and six. They're 1-4 and four in the conference. 
And, uh, you know, from what we understand, Colin Reed out for kind of a little bit longer. It's just it's more of they don't want to push him back too soon on the pitching mound. He'll DH. We saw him last night, DH. But that could be a big storyline for them as, you know, you're not going to get your best pitcher here for the foreseeable future if you're Washington. Yeah, he's your ace. And when your ace goes down, it definitely hurts your team as a whole, especially on the high school level. Dylan made a great point of it yesterday, just talking about if it's a five-man rotation, that's 20% of that rotation now gone. If it's less than that, obviously it's more of a percentage. And you're thankful that you still have him in the dugout on the team being able to DH because he's a leader going into his senior year. But you know ultimately he's frustrated because he wants to be out there on the mound too because when he is on the mound that is a big difference maker for Washington and you can still tell here and there the injury definitely affects him hitting here and there too not obviously as much as it does for pitching that's why he is not pitching but it still makes him struggle and now this kind of brings up a few concerns for Washington as I mentioned they sit at one and four in the conference Uh, They have a few more games left this week. Luckily, none are conference games or even regional games as uh, Washington tonight. They host, uh, let me pull this up to double check, they post Broad Run out of Virginia, which is a very good Virginia school. Uh, Then on Friday, they'll host Greenbrier East as Greenbrier East is in the Eastern Panhandle for four games between Friday and Saturday. Um, But you're going to be without Andy Clem, who got the ejection for those three games because as, as an ejection, you miss three games as a player. Um, and then obviously you're not going to have Colin Reed to pitch any of those games. Um, and last night we saw Brandon Dunbar get hurt and come out of the game. And, you know, he was even limping at the end of the game. So you got to imagine he misses a game or two. Yeah. You don't want to speculate. No, but you just have to to imagine the way that he was acting and, and favoring that leg. I don't know if you noticed it on the broadcast, but he came out in that, in that top of the seventh inning, um, when, uh, the coaches came out to talk with head, like Hedgesville's coaches came to the mound. Uh, he came out, and I can't remember who was at bat, but he was like, come on, you got this. Like, you know, he's being that leader, um, which was obviously good to see him be a leader, but he was still kind of favoring that leg. So you hope you hope for health's sake that he is okay. But, you yeah, know, this as you mentioned, stretch, it's a three-game stretch with non-conference games, so you could rest him yeah. if you want to play. And but that limits something your serious. Yes, it, it definitely – does and with Clem out that hurts you too and obviously don't know what was said but to cause the ejection it looked like he said something to the umpire and pointed at him which you can't do you gotta especially in situations like that after giving up a lead stay calm cool and collected and unfortunately that wasn't the case which is why the ejection was made and yeah there's a lot of things that right now it seems like is starting a potential slippery slope for Washington that they need to catch before it's too late yeah that is something going on as well and uh, one game this afternoon martinsburg they traveled to allegheny out of maryland that game was scheduled for yesterday got pushed to today that's a 3 p.m contest and you know what what we've been hearing is allegheny a very good team i believe martinsburg scrimmaged them uh prior to the season so they kind of know the kind of team they are and then uh you know, that big game we'll have on Friday as Martinsburg Hedgesville. Obviously, we saw round one go to two <laughs> go to two days because of the weather, uh, but that one will be at P.O. Faulkner Park, so that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, but, Colin, we'll have softball tomorrow, 
And uh, softball's really getting into the swing of things here. There's a lot of big games, and and Jefferson really showing the team they can be. But you can't you can't talk out you can't or you know you can't not talk about Spring Mills and Washington. And we'll see that Jefferson Spring Mills matchup tomorrow. Just kind of a quick preview as uh, Jefferson at eight and three. Spring Mills at seven and three, Washington at five and two in the softball ranks. Hedgesville softball at five and four, um, Martinsburg sitting at zero and ten, and uh, Musselman sitting at two and five. That's kind of just a look right now, but you know, kind of quick preview of tomorrow's game. We'll get more into it tomorrow, obviously. Yeah, it'll be interesting because it's Spring Mills Jefferson, and they just played yesterday. Yeah, at Jefferson, and it was a. 13 to 5 win for the Cougars. So, Ken Spring Mills. I, I don't understand the scheduling for softball I mean, compared it to just baseball. Happens. It, it, yeah. It's just the way things get scheduled where you have to play the same team twice in a row in a few day span. And it, it's almost as if it were a series that you typically see at the professional level. So, can you adapt to like the correct issues? Series. Yeah, it, it happens. It's okay. But. I'm expecting something similar. Jefferson is playing really good softball. They're defending state champions, but you can never count out Spring Mills. The way that they have been this year has uh, really improved overall as a team, and they'll be competitive at home and wanting to get revenge. It ultimately, honestly, you, you look at it, it came down to the bottom of the sixth. It was a one-run game up until that point, but Jefferson was able to tack on seven runs there. If Spring Mills can... Make sure that isn't the case. It'll obviously be a much closer game. And the way things are shaping up right now, obviously there's still you know three weeks of of ball left to play. But uh, if you're just going based off of records, that should be the regional championship matchup. Yeah, Spring Mills Jefferson, just because it's the way they're looking. Obviously, things can change in these sectional tournaments. Uh, but you know, if you're just looking on paper at records and we know Jefferson haven't covered them, haven't heard uh, from Coach Waters so far that they kind of they're kind of getting into the swing of things. They're playing a lot tougher competition outside of the EPAC, and losses have come. But uh, you know, the right now they're they're undefeated in EPAC play, and they look to continue that in Spring Mills. We'll get a taste of them tomorrow. Uh, but uh, that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on the other side of this break. A lot of news coming out from the WVSSAC in the last couple days. We'll break things down, including not just basketball with the four-class system coming up. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti when you need justice. Now's the time to talk with John's Pool Supplies about opening your pool. Or maybe it's time for a new above-ground or in-ground pool. John's Pool Supplies, 237 Eagle School Road, has over 30 years of experience and a large selection of products, services, and supplies for your pool or hot tub. From custom liner installation and pool inspection to free water testing, call John's Pool Supplies at 304-267-2000. JohnsPoolSupplies.com. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer and Colin, happy to have you with us. Nick, off for the day. Uh, let's get in back into the show. Today we get the news the other day that the president, or I guess the leader of the WVSSAC, Bernie Dolan, has announced at the end of the school year, I believe sometime in June, he will step down and retire as the WVSSAC executive director, and he submitted his notice of retirement on Tuesday to the WVSSAC Board of Control at the organization's annual meetings at the Stonewall Jackson Resort. Um, it'll be effective June 30th, 2023. He's been the with the SSAC since 2015, held his current title since January of 2016 after he replaced Gary Ray upon his retirement. But uh, that kind of changes things here in the, in the state here with the high schools and the, uh, the WVSSAC. We saw what he did. He moved to the four-class system. Uh, after that three class in girls and boys basketball, and we'll talk about the other upcoming thing here, uh, they, they had to adopt during the COVID uh, situation, and then when there was the teacher strikes as well, so he's ventured through a lot of things, uh, but uh, Bernie Dolan has uh, resigned, or excuse me, retired, effective the June 30th as the WVSSAC Executive Director. Colin, what do you think about this move? I don't have to be the move, because I've never been a huge fan of the SSAC anyway so i don't really have much to say about him retiring but uh for sure and for certain he's definitely uh getting ready to go out with a bang with uh what's going on here and the announcement that we're about to reveal yeah so this came out yesterday afternoon uh the board of control which was just talking about at that annual meeting uh they have uh so back in 2019 the West Virginia State Board of Education approved the proposal that the Board of Control pushed through to have a four-class system in basketball. There was at that point and until now, there's been no four-class system in any other sport. On Tuesday, the West Virginia 
SSAC at their annual meeting, the Board of Control approved the proposal to a fourth classification in other sports in an overwhelming fashion, 117 to 112. This came up last 117 year. 117 to 12. 117 to 12, excuse yeah. me. Gotcha. This came up last year, and it was essentially flipped. It was uh, the larger majority with no, and only five people voted yes. Yeah, I, I want to know what has changed over the year to go from – 137 to 5 in a no vote for this to a 117 to 12 vote yes i mean obviously there wasn't that much turnover in school principals so i have no idea what changed to cause so many people to now say yes to a four classification system in ultimately a state that's losing population i know we said that last week on eastern panhandle talk i believe it was said mike kite said the reason of that is because just the death rate is higher than the birth rate it's not people leaving it's not our age even though our age we know is actually for the most part leaving the state but at the high school level it seems especially around here and we know in a few short years another high school will probably have to be added to the area because of the growth in this area that as a whole they want to go to a for classification system kind of like what we've seen for high school basketball now on the girls and boys side and i haven't really had an issue with it but we'll see how well it truly works for every sport because we know well it's not going to be every sport look soccer and tennis have two classifications swimming has one so really what it's going to be and yeah. bernie dolan has believed that football volleyball cheer baseball and softball likely meet the criteria for the four class system and uh talking to a head baseball coach the other day about it you know he said it's it's not going to be what you see at basketball and baseball from his knowledge so it won't be two teams getting into the state tournament uh at least in baseball and softball obviously don't know about we obviously know in volleyball two teams from the region get in uh but in baseball and softball it's still going to be a one bid essentially to the state tournament and football football is really what kind of throws things off here because are they going to have to when they go to this four class system are they going to limit the number of teams that get into the playoffs or are we going to have buys for the first first round for the top four six teams maybe I don't know because it's going to be ridiculous because you're going to be playing three and seven teams as as ten and yeah. zero teams, nine and one teams are going to be I, playing I, I two, and, and two and eight, three and seven teams. By the way, the point that you just made that I didn't realize is that it wasn't going to be for every sport. And I'm looking at the article, and they think that is the reason why it was overwhelmingly uh, voted no last year is because there was a lot of confusion to that point of people okay. thought it was going to be every sport just like i had just thought it wasn't until uh you said it so people think that's why um it was a 137 to 5 no vote to last year and now a 117 to 12 vote because there's been more clarity done by the uh board so i'm not saying no to this idea we'll have to see down the road how it truly works but yeah it's definitely going to be strange and i do feel like it'll if they keep the same amount of teams in playoffs cause for a team that with a losing record at four and six or maybe even three and seven a few years have to go up against a one seed and that just doesn't make sense to no me. 
It doesn't. You're just a, just a money grab at that point, trying to get more teams into the playoffs, trying to make more teams travel, trying to have more fans at games. Uh, that's a whole topic for another day. But just because the Board of Control has approved the proposal doesn't mean it's going to go through. Uh, the public opinion will be held on the proposal in June before the state's Board of Education will vote to pass through. the. Once it passes through the Board of Education, it will take th- 60 days to become official, likely to be in like September or October, I believe is what I was reading, which means it won't go into a 2024-2025 athletics season because you can't just decide to do halfway through football that it's going to happen. So you can't just decide to do it in the spring for those spring sports. So we're still a year plus away from this if it gets approved by the state's board of education. And that's a whole nother thing that you could talk about because that's a whole nother situation. It's not an athletics thing. It's now over to the board of education. Yeah. And it's also going to cause, cause I know we mentioned that the board was looking at this a few months ago and I can't remember who it was, but we found a, uh, group that came out with the potential for classification system for football and all the other sports and we're looking at it and for this area yes all the local schools would become 4a in the eastern panhandle athletic conference but that's really ultimately who they'd play at a 4a everybody else is down in the uh mountain state athletic conference so it will cause for a lot more travel if you want to play other 4A teams, which obviously we know being a coverage for Martinsburg football, teams from down there don't typically come up here. Well, there's some teams play. coming up to play there, some other teams some up here. There's some here and there, but it, it's never Martinsburg. We, no. we see Musselman get it. But we see Spring Mills get it. I think what would be interesting to do is you know two hours, two and a half hours, two hours, 45 minutes, not too far away. I think it'd be interesting to kind of split the state in two. And I don't know how this would work. But I don't I just, know either. I think this would kind of be, this is just kind of off the cuff, off of my head, this kind of things that I've ever thought about. You take the Eastern Panhandle schools and you kind of bunch them with Morgantown University. And that's kind of your your current three A's because Fairmont Senior is a double A, right? Yeah. So And then Bridgeport plays up. Bridgeport plays up. Bridgeport kind of close. So Maybe you bunch them, them in there. In there. Yeah, That's still there. somewhat of a of a distance. But then your teams in AAA right now in the other side of the state for football, for instance, you got all your teams near between Charleston and Huntington up to Wheeling, uh, Parkersburg as well. You kind of uh, that's not going to be even at all. I don't know how you do that because it's not evenly matched. But I mean, you yeah, got the six it, schools here. Be tough. You got the six schools here. You have you have nine teams essentially is what I'm looking at right now. Unless you bring up Hampshire and they come to AAA, which they are in AAA, so then that would be 10, but they're not in the conference. I don't know how that would work. But if you put 10 teams, those 10 teams include Hampshire, Bridgeport, Morgantown, and University into the into like the east side of the state, and then the west be the Mountain State Athletic Conference, and then Wheeling Park, Parkersburg, Park South. That would be the only thing that I could think that could even be. I don't even know if that equals out to ten. I don't have all the schools, but that's yeah. just something off the cuff that would have that would kind of be something to where you're going to have to play those teams. I think that'd be interesting because then you are scheduling like for football, you're scheduled to you're going to play maybe two non-conference games. 
Like, you don't play every team. They, they every have to year. figure out something if they want to make this work, and they probably will because they've been trying to work on it for a long time. But in the regular season, we know it is tough for Eastern Panhandle teams to get games with in state opponents and make that trip unless it's playoff time. Then obviously you have to, and yeah. it doesn't matter. But to potentially have three or four of those trips in the regular season is something that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think everybody will be happy with. No, but I think the you have to come to some kind of thing. And, you know, obviously what I just guessed is probably not in the realm of possibility. But that's my only thing I could think is that you have to play more like Morgantown, excuse me, Morgantown University, which won't happen because Morgantown and University are in that Ohio Valley mm-hmm. thing with Parkersburg, I believe, no, uh, with Wheeling Park and the Ohio teams as well. So I really don't know how that's going to work, but that's just my thoughts quickly off the head. Not very much, you know, put not very much thought into it, but you have to play those set of teams. And Colin, you were pulling something up. Very interesting. goes along with what we talked about the last couple of days as, uh, Britt Sherman has commented to us saying he will be back, but it is posted on the Berkeley County schools job website, the head football coaching position at Martinsburg high school. And we don't. It's obviously, from what we understand, a formality. But that's pretty interesting. That um, it opened on Tuesday, and applications will be accepted through April seventeenth. So this is an interesting, grow, developing situation. Yes, it is a developing situation. And as you said, we know straight from Coach Britt Sherman of Martinsburg that he is still coaching. This is just a formality. However, nobody said so far from Martinsburg, including him, including the athletic director, whether or not he would be the head coach or if he's stepping to a assistant coaching spot. And the rumor that obviously is continuing to be circulated is that Dave Walker's coming back. Obviously, that's just a rumor. We haven't heard anything, nor do we know if it's any truth behind that rumor or not. But it has to be there because we don't know if Sherman's going to be the head coach or not. We know that he's also stepping aside and no longer teaching. And it could just be that because a teacher or somebody in the school system gets the first dibs or however you want to dub it for a coaching position at a high school, that's how things are run in the West Virginia SSAC, that since he's retiring from teaching – he asked to resign. He's not officially as a head retiring coach. from teaching because he was he would if he was officially retiring. That's true. He would have been designated retirement because on that on that sheet. So he's were, resigning. Yeah, that, you're correct. In by that. A, I think by the official rules, he hasn't met the qualifications to retire essentially and get his retirement That's from the school system. Uh, but yes, he's calling it a retirement from what we were told in the fall. But that's, you know, there's still 12 days that's opening, so maybe, but he's not resigning until effective June 1. So this could be a long process till we hear anything. Obviously, if we hear anything, probably from the source himself, Coach Sherman will reach out to us most likely when he can. But obviously, these are personnel things. They they have to go through the system, as 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 um, Athletic Director Davis Moore told me. Before we hit the break, just want to talk about something we have – not talked about that happened uh, the end of last week in the late afternoon on Friday. We posted about it on our social media, but uh, former uh, Musselman High School 
product and Mountaineer Trayvon Wesco is moving on from the Bears. He has signed a contract with the Tennessee Titans. He had two receptions for 26 yards last year in his career. He has eight catches for 113, but he, you know, he's a fourth-round pick back in 2019 by the Jets. He's played in 54 games over the last four seasons, got 13 starts, and he had a heck of a career at Musselman and at WVU. But uh, congrats to him for you know continuing his NFL career because you know you get those contracts, but the fact that he's continuing to get more contracts is just huge. Yeah, he's becoming an NFL journeyman, yeah. so to say. And obviously you're happy that he gets to stay in the NFL. We know it's really tough, especially being a – fourth round pick from a small town area like Inwood it's going to be tough to stay in and keep the confidence that you belong there but he definitely does so the fact that the uh, Titans have signed him here in this area always brings a smile to our faces and it does and that will do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by Orsini's home store not just an appliance store any longer cabinets and designer bedding outdoor living and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way you go to Orsini's.com for more we get back, we'll talk Wizards and Capitals. They have both officially been eliminated from the playoffs. What's next? We heard what's next. We'll talk about that for the uh, the Wizards uh, via the Athletic. We'll talk about that, but we'll kind of discuss what our take is on the Capitals. After this two-minute break, you're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a Platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and we also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. The Honda HRV, CRV, Pilot, Passport, and Ridgeline. They all have one thing in common. They never back off from a challenge. Available with all-wheel drive, the Honda SUV lineup has the performance you can count on and the capability to amaze. It's no wonder Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com named Honda the 2022 best value brand. CMA's Honda of Winchester, 3985 Valley Pike. CMA, moving lives forward. Based on 2022 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit KBB.com for more information. WVU Medicine, growing to meet the needs of our community with eight new providers who've joined our medical staffs at Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center, and University Healthcare Physicians. Dr. Gitanjali Sangwan, Cardiology, Physician's Assistant Jada Brown, Neurosurgery, Certified Nurse Midwife Jennifer Glorioso, and the following nurse practitioners, Desiree Wolf, Pulmonology, Pamela Campbell, Nephrology, Jennifer Colvin, Neurology, Tori Linton, Orthopedics, and Dabney Weiscarver, OBGYN. Welcome to WVU Medicine. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer and Colin, happy to have you with us. Nick out for the day. He'll be back tomorrow, though, as uh, we'll have EPAC softball tomorrow, EPAC baseball on Friday and Saturday before we head out to Myrtle Beach on Monday. Uh, we will, I think we announced what games we're doing, didn't we? Did we announce yet what games we're doing? I think we said some maybe at the beginning, but we haven't put out the full list so that people know. So I have it. So we'll be doing on Tuesday, we'll be doing Martinsburg versus Bishop Malloy. That's a 3 p.m. contest at Georgetown High School. And then uh, Washington scheduled to take on Wakama. I did it again. I did that all last year. Wakama at 530. We're going to try to get into that game uh, later on as a... Uh, 3, 3, 3 p.m., 5.30, might be their second inning. We'll jump into that, but uh, might as well because we're staying right next to Waccamaw High School, so <laughs> might as well jump over there. On the Tuesday, on Wednesday, we are slated to do, I believe, now I don't have it. I've, I've totally just messed it up here. I believe we're slated to do two games on Tuesday, but I don't have them on the schedule. I think 12:30 we're doing Washington again at McClancy uh, uh and then we're going to go down or excuse me against McClancy at Myrtle Beach and then we're going to go back down to Georgetown as Martinsburg takes on Georgetown Wednesday at 7:30 p.m. and then Thursday shall be an interesting day. Uh we're going to go to or no that's Wednesday I was wrong. I I stand corrected. We are on Wednesday not doing the McClancy-Washington game. We're doing Hedgesville versus Princeton-West Virginia. That's at 1230 at Anor High School. And then we're going to come back down and then do the 730 Martinsburg-Georgetown game. And the next day, we're going to have Washington versus Georgetown at 7 p.m. Prior to that, we'll have an 1130 Jefferson versus High Point Academy game at Myrtle Beach. And then a 430 p.m. Uh, game versus or Martinsburg versus Shady Spring at Georgetown High School. So we'll have the final two games of the day at Georgetown High School. And then we'll have Jefferson's 11:30 game at Myrtle Beach High School on Thursday. And then they'll be kind of seated into their brackets for Friday, which we'll obviously won't know until at this point, probably 10 o'clock on Thursday night due to that Washington game at 7 p.m. I can't wait to be back at Georgetown. That that was I can't remember the name of the stadium, but it's the one from um that was used during the Negro Leagues. Yeah. It's very historic. Uh it is all stone. It's just a very unique experience and this year uh maybe we can see if we can get a camera out in the outfield potentially. I know it used to be a football field too, so the outfield might be too far away for our thousand footer. There is a there's bleachers out there. I know, because as I just said, it used to be a football field and might they not, used to have the big games there, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what we can do. We that might not be over a thousand feet because I don't it, it, probably a hundred feet behind home plate. I don't want to make you do math on the show. We know how that 530 is. Five hundred and thirty feet plus <laughs> you gotta you gotta look you, you, I mean we'll Stop. figure it out how about that? All right. Uh get the announcement via the athletic this morning an athletic exclusive that uh Washington Wizards head coach um now I gotta pull this up uh, Wes Unsell Jr. will return next season, according to The Athletic, and the Wizards are not making a head coaching change before next season. Sent that to Nick this morning, and he responded with the unhappy, or the, uh, what was it, the sad. Was it sad that he responded with? I mean, clearly, he, he doesn't get it, and neither do I. I don't yeah. understand why there wouldn't be a change 
even though ultimately I'll, I'll say this, you can't put all the blame on him, even though again, it was a very underwhelming season in another season that Washington has a losing record misses the playoffs. But we talked about it all season long. There were way too many injuries for this team to top players on the team that led to them being amount or out, excuse me, for a long period of time. And can you really blame that on the coach? No, but you can put the blame on the lack of defense for another year and which was something that he said would be fixed. It hasn't been and there's been no success or true positive direction it seems like that this franchise is trying to go towards and it just frustrates you if you're a fan and that clearly shows and you want changes to be made to hopefully improve the team and it just seems like none are happening yeah none are happening and there's josh robbins of the athletic with the story uh Wizards president and GM Tommy Shepard quoted saying on Tuesday, quote, he is our coach moving forward, end quote. Um, you know, this definitely makes a lot of Wizards fans unhappy. But uh, we don't know what's next for Bradley Beal with the situation that he had um, with a fan, I believe. And, and Kyle Kuzma has kind of stated he doesn't know what he wants to do. Chris Tapps Porzingis didn't want to, you know, shied away the question of wanting to come back as well. So kind of that's the Wizards' big three, if you can even call it a big three. It'll be interesting to see how things move forward. But, you know, if they lose one or all of them or two of them or or none of them, if they don't move lose any of them, they need to add some bench, bench depth that, uh, you know, a good sixth man to come off the bench that's re- at least, you know, somebody that's has that has done that in the league before. But I, I think that, you know, if he's not going, obviously they've missed the postseason the last two years under West Eldensell Jr. If they're not if they're not changing anything, next year's got to be the year they've got to make the postseason or he's done. And this team just continues the cycle of firing and hiring a head coach just to not make it anywhere in the playoffs. I mean, right now, who wants to come play in Washington, right? We've said that for years. The, the only true hope is if they decide to tank and you get Ronnie Jr. in two years when he's able to yeah. declare for the NBA. And if you get the number one pick via the lottery, you get him and then maybe LeBron comes and you can. Yeah, I mean, that's LeBron's floated what playoffs, he's wanted to do. But that, that's one, obviously hypothetical and probably yeah. won't happen because the Wizards never tank. Yeah. Like they probably should yeah. here they and always, there, especially they at the play. trade deadline when they're in yeah. the same spot as they were right now and they still for some reason didn't do anything and now they're almost 10 games under and eliminated from playoffs yeah so nobody knows what this franchise wants and you just keep going on but the crazy thing is we kind of talked about it yesterday or or monday one of those days about the capitals they made the right move at the deadline and they moved some people and uh, last night they were officially eliminated from the playoffs, even though they were idle as the Florida Panthers won. It was either the Panthers or the Penguins had to win last night, and the Caps were out. The Penguins lost 5-1, to one, I believe. Uh, but the Panthers are the team that won and knocked them out of the playoffs. This goes, this makes it. Now, what are you doing here? Obviously, you set yourselves up with uh, GM Brian McClellan moving some players at the deadline. Uh, but what do you do here? I mean, the Capitals gotta make a haven't won a playoff s- series since they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. That's been five years now. Yeah, you had to go through a COVID season where the playoffs were in a bubble and it was a whole thing coming back in 2020. And then the whole 2021 season was a very odd season. And then 2022 kind of returned to normalcy. Not really. It was still scheduling was weird. There was players in and out of the lineup. This 
this year was the true year that was kind of a normal year in the NHL, and they don't make the playoffs, but they do push themselves to the future by trading those players and getting some picks back. But we know in hockey, it's not like in football where you can trade some picks and boom, you're there. Or in the NBA, you trade some picks and boom, you're there. It takes time to develop like in baseball. And, you know, you're not going to get the number one overall pick. And you're not going to get a guy, most likely, that can come in here and play next season. Yeah, something needs to happen because this isn't capital-esque, right? Even though it's been five straight first-round exits since winning the Cup, you still made the playoffs, and now you're eliminated from the playoff contention, won't make the postseason for the first time since 2000. And 14 changes need to be made, I feel like. You need to fire Peter Laviolette. You need changes at the top. You need to continue to go younger. You need to, I guess, if they want to, focus on Ovechkin because he's your Hall of Famer. He's the face of the franchise. And in two years' time, he'll probably break Gretzky's record. But at the same time, as a fan, you want team success, not just Ovechkin success. And if you want both, things need changed. Yeah, and I mean, you know, things did happen this year that you didn't expect to happen. Obviously, Nick Backstrom, happy that he's back and he's been able to play, but he didn't have him for half the season. You didn't have John Carlson for a good majority of the season after what happened. And I think, what was it, a couple weeks ago, they didn't have their core, their team that won the Cup that was still on the team. They didn't have them all playing together until a couple weeks back. As uh, we know, with Tom Wilson getting hurt, the same thing last year, him coming back. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people were moved at the trade deadline. What happened? I mean, your goaltending, you thought last year, I mean, you know, going into the season, we thought they shored up the goaltender position. We were wrong. And I think everybody was wrong. The Capitals were I think it got wrong worse, about that. Honestly. Yeah. It and, got and, worse. And there's just a lot of things happening. But the major question is, what are you going to do with guys like Evgeny Kuznetsov, who those reports came out a couple weeks ago that he's been wanted out for two years. Uh, he is 30 years old. Uh, what are you going to do there? Anthony Manta, they brought in a couple years ago on a trade. What happens there? Head coach, you know, Peter Laviolette, what do you do? Uh, you know, you got a guy on injured reserve uh, in Connor Brown who suffered a torn ACL four games into the season. He's a guy. Carl Haglin hasn't played. He had that eye injury, hip hip surgery. And, you know, a lot of younger other guys that, you know, there's a lot of questions on this Capitals team, which maybe we'll find out here in the coming months. But, uh, you know, they're out of the playoffs. They make missed the playoffs for the first time in eight seasons. If you don't want to be there, let them go. That, yeah. that is the standpoint that I'm at now. Fire the coach. Ask the players, do you see yourself here? Do you want to be here? If not, bye. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up, talk Nationals and O's. Nationals will be on the air here following our show as their game, the look to salvage one against the Rays. We'll talk about that in the O's. Big debut happening today. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are. 
and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer and Colin, happy to have you with us. Nick out today. We'll be back tomorrow. Segment sponsored in part by the Mary Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call them at 304-263-4343. So we begin to wrap up today. We'll have the Nationals on the radio following the end of today's show as they look for a rubber, or excuse me, not a rubber match. They look to salvage one against the Rays as they had a lead last night, weren't able to get the Things, um, weren't able to get the victory as the bullpen kind of in shambles once again as the, the Nationals are the Nationals. We don't expect a lot of things from this them this year. Patrick Corbin will get the start today, but last night it was a loss from Kyle Finnegan in the bullpen as uh, the Nationals had a uh, what is it? Let me look here. Six to four lead headed into the eighth inning and gave up six over the final two innings to lose the game. Uh, but a pretty solid outing from Cool on the mound. He gave up four runs um, on four hits, one walk, four strikeouts. A guy that pretty much, but the bullpen started out. Ramirez Edwards Jr. pretty good. Hunter Harvey gave up one run, but it was Finnegan in the the ninth that uh, kind of really lost it as he only went a third of an inning, giving up five hits, five runs, uh, three home runs, and uh, Harris had to come in and close thing, finish things out with the final two-thirds of an inning. Nationals not looking good. Patrick Corbin on the mound today. Uh, let's uh, let's double-check the lineup here as um, – you know, for the Nationals, it'll be Lane Thomas once again. Cabert Ruiz, you know, is a guy that they're going to expect to get a lot of things from. And uh, Patrick Corbin is going to have to get it done today. Uh, we'll have that for you here in a couple of moments. But, Colin, before we get out, it's going to be a big debut for the Orioles here. As they, another guy that uh, is going to make the, the Orioles a big jump as they did the last couple of years. Expect to make his debut coming up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to tune in as Grayson Rodriguez, the uh, seventh top prospect in baseball, the Orioles' top pitching prospect, makes his uh, 
debut today with um, an injury to Bradish. He got the call up, and he gets to debut in Texas for a team that right now looking really good for the Orioles, trying to get the sweep against the Rangers. But in a debut, he gets to go up against Jacob DeGrom. How many people that you can probably list, and probably the answer is zero, yeah. gets their start against a future Hall of Famer on the other side? It's usually ace versus ace, right? You never see a rookie called up when it's an ace's turn in the uh, slot but looking forward to it yeah looking forward to that for the but the nationals be on here as they have their final game against the rays coming up next then tonight 7 15 will be the pregame for the wizards radio network as they take on the atlanta hawks uh, as we'll finish out our radio coverage for the wizards for the year but that will do it for this edition of the sports mix for colin mclaughlin i'm spencer dupuis saying so long we'll talk to you again tomorrow the replay tonight five to six and uh wizards tonight at 7 30 we'll see you tomorrow have a great rest of your day everyone 